This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. It is Friday the 13th. I don't know if you have the black cat up and died of fright because he crossed my path last night. I don't know if you have superstition in your blood. But if you do, it is Friday the 13th. Uh-oh. So here we are. Professor Ward's got the Warthog in the Warthog Manly Command Center here in the Melbourne Law Studio. Melbourne Law with 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Melbourne Law will not back down. Crime prevention will take care of your security needs at cpss.net. And Maurice T. McDaniel will take care of your Criminal legal will needs all the above. He sponsors our mugshots, which get 45,000 views a month. He is in High Springs. He is a former member of the Military Intelligent Detachment Unit, Special Special Forces Airborne out of Fort Briggs, North Carolina. Manly man has also been a deputy sheriff in Citrus County, I believe it is. All the above. What does that leave? Uh, today is, hello, Robert Wilford. Um, Thanks for tuning in all the time, Matt Cannon. I haven't seen Matt in a long time. Of course, my buddies, uh, Jack, and, and I see them tuning in, and Ray, uh, and some others out there, of course, who watch behind the curtain. Don't let me know you're watching. That's okay. But today is our call-in day. I would appreciate having a chat with you. I'm going to cover some things here locally, of course, about the elections, um, branch off into the state elections, and then uh, get on down the road to, to some other things we'll be talking about. But generally, I titled the show today, um, uh, The uh, uh, Custodian of Truth, because there are all these people and agencies and entities and institutions which um, uh, want to claim that they are the custodians of truth. And as far as I can uh, 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 see, um, the, uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Shoot GTR, which is one of our sponsors. A great range. A good friend of mine is managing it. Bennett Latimer. It's uh, it's safe. It's clean. It's uh, got great guys there. Uh, range safety officers and all of the above, and and they're one of our sponsors. So I uh, just wanted to shout that out and see that um, one of my gun buddies is asking me if he's going to get blessed with my appearance today. Well, so many people ask me that every day. I can't promise anything to anybody specifically. So there you are. Um, but as I was saying, uh, we have here uh, uh, several things that we are looking to, to discover, and that is which one of these institutions really is the agency of truth. We like to think that we help you determine that. Uh, where opinion is opinion, I claim it, and where fact is fact, I document it, and I have the great help of our data investigator. So our call in line is 352-389-3997. I, um, I wait a conversation here. I didn't have a conversation last Friday. I'm disappointed that nobody wants to talk to yours truly. I mean, it really kind of upsets me. I had to go out and have an adult beverage that evening to wash away my sorrows, huh? Well, let me give you some odd things that are going on. We're getting into what's production la laughing about. Production's laughing back there. I don't, yeah, I had to go out. Well, you know, there's a story behind that, Evan. I've been listening to uh, Willie's Roadhouse on Sirius, and it's all about whiskey, and it's all about uh, drinking, and it's all about the woman, and, the, and you know, I just can't get enough of it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean you know, it, it, it soothes my troubled souls, huh? But <laughs> it's open line Friday. Here we are, 352-389-3997. And... Uh, we are entering political season. By that, we mean people getting riled up and ready to run for offices. And some don't have the proverbial snowball's chance. And others couldn't miss if they had to because they've got this 
powerful in this community anyway, powerful democratic machine. And it is really, it's a machine. It's like the mafia. I mean, they, if you don't agree with what they say, they, they um, ostracize you and put you out to pasture. And it's their back pasture that really doesn't have a watering trough to it. So they, and they don't take care of the feedlot out there. So you're just kind of on your own to eat the weeds. Um, you won't make it. Uh, you got to have the backing on the Democrat side of, of the power brokers. Now, they don't ever get any headlines. I noticed it because Andrew Kaplan, who really is a cut above most of the Gainesville Sunset writers, you know, we were, have communicated quite a bit with Andrew Kaplan, fed him a lot of details and information on that um, uh, may, may uh, help um, um, him write some good stories. And then he went away to another paper up uh, in mid-Atlantic area and he came back and we, we feel kind of like we don't know this, but he came back to sort of establish another uh, voice in the community that can be trusted. And uh, Andrew Kaplan has a byline today anyway, and it's above the fold. Uh, on <laughs> it's above the fold on the uh, in the front page of the of the Gainesville Sunset. <laughs> it says, and I have to laugh when I see these things. GOP strategists aim for school board seats. Well, Andrew, my dear friend, don't you know also that the Democrat mafia is over there aiming for school board seats too? I mean, why don't, why don't you say along with? <laughs> because the only reason the GOP strategists have even taken time out to participate in up until now would have been basically beneath the radar, irrelevant, unexciting school board races, because after all, you're just talking about well, used to be anyway, reading, writing, and arithmetic. But now there's something else that has crept into it, and that is belt the, the, the black race card on critical race theory and all that business, which, uh, of course, the Democrats, white liberals, use that to uh, round up from the pasture all the black folk they need to help get the vote to get themselves in, not necessarily the black folk. But here now they're trying to reciprocate a little bit, and uh, you go see the white folk in the Democrat Party contributing to uh, the black candidates uh, who are running for school board. So they've politicized it. But the slant uh, Kaplan takes is that the GOP has politicized it. And, you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So uh, his opening line is, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's loaded with the same type of stuff that, unfortunately, you, you see Republican operatives are eyeing a pair of Alachua County School Board seats. Republican operatives. Now, what is a Republican operative? You know, how do you compare? Oh, here we go again with a good rhetorical strategy exercise. How do you compare a report, a Republican operative to a Democrat operative? Um, well, um, first of all, you don't call them Democratic operatives. Uh, you call them the NAACP or you call them the Democratic Executive Committee or uh, you, any, uh, any number of things, but you don't use the word operatives when you, when you talk about the Democrat Party. Uh, you, uh, you just, uh, you know, but you do when you, when you talk about the GOP because all of a sudden operatives are, you know, they have bad, you know, connotations, words have denotations and connotations. Uh, a denotation is the definition meaning of the word. Now, that definition meaning changes with time. If you go look at the definition meaning, it'll trace it all the way back to its original meaning, maybe all the way back to archaic use when we first came out of uh, Old English and the Middle English into Elizabethan English, uh, Shakespearean English, and all down to um, what we have now, which is contemporary English, uh, not the kind you hear on the street necessarily, but the kind in which your most sacred public documents are retained. So uh, uh, that, that, that is uh, a, a word that has connotations though, has cultural meanings attached to it. And the word operative suggests um, warfare and strategic uh, skullduggery uh, uh, and, and it connotes some sort of uh, uh, mastermind manipulation of the truth and the facts and power and all that. 
but you never see it used. Well, I won't say never because it is used if you have a certain publication, which is looking at the Democrats objectively. But this paper doesn't look at the Democrats objectively. This Gainesville sunset. So we get this deal that it's the only suggests that only is the only operatives there are are Republican operatives. So you see them now eyeing and eyeing is a sinister sort of thing. It's like it, it suggests a sniper. You know, uh, we was talking about the range and you know, snipers, you know, uh, you, you don't want to be in the sniper's scope. Let's put it that way. He's eyeing you. He's watching you. I talked to my father who used to do a lot of amphibious landings in uh, World War II. And he's told me that the uh, combat marine, uh, combat engineers, 77th Division combat engineers, which he was a, uh, a major in and then a lieutenant colonel, um, that when they landed, they were always, I'll never forget how he said it, we were always under the sniper scope. Well, and I asked him, you know, why didn't they shoot you? If they were watching you, if they're eyeing you, why did they not shoot you? He said, well, they didn't want to shoot us because they were going to watch us to see where we mapped out because we were there to, to determine where the amphibious landing that would follow us would best uh, be uh, uh, best spot to land. So they watched us, but they were always watching us. So they were eyeing us, if you will. And um, only by the virtue of the fact that they wanted to see what they were eyeing did they leave them alone because they weren't what they were really going to go after. So there, it was this cat and mouse type deal. So here we are with this thing. Um, and, and, and Kaplan says, those school board seats are intended to remain nonpartisan. I've got to tell you something. Every time a nonpartisan, quote unquote, race has been made in this community partisan, the Gainesville Sunset has done it. They make it partisan. That's the first thing they do. Uh, the city of Alachua races are nonpartisan. They sort of escaped the scrutiny right now, but they didn't back in the days of the no growth attacks from Barley and Joe Little and that crowd of despicable characters. They, they came up here to Alachua uh, in the piney woods of North Central Florida, God's country, and tried to shut down every single thing the Alachua City Commission did. And every action has a reaction. And out of it came a very strong uh, manager, and that was Clovis Watson Jr., uh, who never failed to get a unanimous vote for uh, each subsequent rehiring and never failed to get an uh, increase, substantial increase in salary. So that tells you something about the managerial skills. And they thought they were, he was going to be their puppet, which is the reason they put him in office and it, uh, originally when they had control of the commission. And to their dismay, he was only his own individual person. They've never quite recovered from that. Uh, they, the party operatives um, don't like you to be your own individual person. The party operatives ostracized Susan Baird when she dared utter that she might go along with a tax increase for roads or something of that nature. I know there was a comment from her, it left her lips, that she might consider a tax increase. And the party operatives blew up and took the position that no Republican ever, ever is for a tax increase. And it pretty much shut off her uh, support from that point on. Uh, I, don't, I thought it was kind of, you know, out of, out of reach. And, you know, well, why would you do that? Why would you not support her? When, you know, she needs all the help she can get if you want a Republican on her, because you're not going to have another one on anywhere in the near future. Uh, the only one we had was when the right Reverend Rodney Long, whom I'm going to get into in a moment, uh, mysteriously resigned. And Winston Bradley uh, was appointed by the governor, Governor Scott. So that was that was the only thing that we ever had. So we had one Republican elected and one appointed. And, but the party operatives didn't want to support Baird. And the party operatives were really behind the scenes very much of selecting Winston Bradley, uh, which is always going to be the case. Believe me, the Democrats who are not called operatives are doing the same thing all the time. So uh, this, this deal of making a race partisan is always done by the press. Uh, the press causes more problems than they ever clear up. 
and it's a nationwide sickness. Uh, they don't really think, I guess, they can sell papers unless they have controversy. You know, there's some truth to that. When I get up in the morning, you're looking at the one-man band here. I don't have a staff. I've been doing this now for 10 years, all right? I select all of these stories myself. Nobody else. I research all of them myself. I do get some help from the research team. Believe me, they help a lot. But I have to pour through all of that which they give me to determine which is really something I want to use or can use. But I look at all of it that comes in. And I'm a, I want to reiterate, I'm a one-man staff. I have tremendous help, however, from the data investigator. So we're really two people. But he is overdoing his thing. He doesn't have, he's not before the camera. He's not before the microphone day in, day out as I am. And then I publicly preserve everything I said. You can go find it. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of words over 10 years. I mean, I take, I, 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 I'm proud of those words. I think they're pretty, pretty darn right on. And, and, you know, every once in a while, maybe there's something that what, what politicians do is they say, oh, we misspoke. Yeah, right. You misspoke, right? Uh-huh. That's what you call it? Well, you didn't misspeak. So uh, you just spoke and you didn't want to say it. And so you're going to try to retract it. Um, every once in a while, I'll say something I could have said differently, but I don't really misspeak. Uh, that's just the, that's, I don't think I do. Um, but but that be, be all that as it is. Uh, lately, uh, I'll get into this later, this part of the story that I'm going to share with you sometime. So um, uh, there are, you're going to be in 2022 coming up, 10 local seats. And, uh, of course, Andrew Kaplan goes through these things uh, quite nicely. Um, and that party does well. He goes through the school board seats, and there'll be Mildred Russell and Dion McGraw. Uh, he covers very little and says very little about Dion McGraw, except that, you know, the controversy surrounding her. And that uh, that is that is to be understood. Um and then he goes into her campaign contributions. And, and then he goes in, of course, Russell's. And he goes into Russell's, I would say, uh, a little bit more than he does McGraw's. Because Russell's, he, he sees, are, are part of this GOP operative. Now, GOP operative is really, if you boil it down in this article, what he's talking about is PACs, the raising of money and the manipulation contributions of money. The notorious of which, probably the most influential which, of which has been Soros and Zuckerberg. Now, Soros probably is obviously liberal Democrat, the biggest pack influence of elections uh, we've got. There is um, nobody even comes remotely close to that. So he's all over the place. All, uh, you know, his hand is in uh, every election, either sometimes overtly up front or uh, through some sort of organization that's cloak and dagger behind the scenes. Um, but he's there. He puts in billions of dollars into elections. He's probably the biggest manipulator of uh, medium presentations of individuals that we've got in the world. So uh, he, he never gets mentioned in things like this. I wouldn't be surprised, of course, to find him tinkering around in these local elections, if he feels like they really are a battleground for a liberal thought prevailing over conservative thought, if you will. So we have that part of it, I, I, I feel. But he does mention um, a fellow named by Pat Boehner by name. Pat Boehner is a data and that analyst. If you take a look at the really successful people uh, in business, most of them will tell you, even coaching now, most of them will tell you that they examine data. There's so much data out there on everybody that we form patterns. And those patterns become uh, things from which we can draw conclusions. And those conclusions may help us shape our advocacies and tell us which one are statistically maybe possible to have a return on our investment and some of which aren't. And these are really cold-hearted decisions. Um, it goes beyond polling. Polling is, I've decided, pretty unreliable. But data analysis is another thing. 
Polling is unreliable because it's frequently done anecdotally. It's done by telephone. It's done by uh, some sort of, uh, uh, it's almost like absentee ballots. You can't really validate to whom you're speaking. But through data, you get data from all sorts of places. You can get data from, as you know, what we buy or where we go or you know, what our habits are. All that data is available to a data analyst. And a sharp one can draw all sorts of conclusions. That's basically what Pat Boehner does. He does it extremely well. Now, it used to be that nobody really knew about Pat Boehner. He didn't want to be known about because he didn't want to be accused of being um, something he was and he just wanted to do his job. Um, now, of course, he's become, to the Democrats, public enemy number one. And I'm sure that uh, they rejoice on seeing his name in here in this analysis, but there's not anything they can do about it. He is a par excellence. He, he has got the type of meticulous, deliberate mind it takes to go through enormous amounts of data that might bore other people. And he has the ability to use his reasoning ability powers to draw some pretty accurate conclusions. But it doesn't guarantee an outcome. It doesn't guarantee that the data he gives will be appropriately used by the candidate or the candidate's campaign manager. It still has to be released a certain way, released at a certain time, um, convincingly done in a right kind of a setting. Um, there's all sorts of variables that enter just the analysis and the presentation of the raw data. So um, uh, the, uh, the uh, data manipulation of the candidate and the candidate supporters is one part of it. And this is done by this organization named in here, but it's a lot of people do it. And practically every candidate of any serious proportion wants to do it and have the best person he can get to help him do it. It's expensive. You have to pay these people. And then you do that through campaign contributions. But campaign contributions are limited. Public contributions are limited. But um, the packed contributions can be quite another story. And that's how Soros usually finances these elections by these political action committees. Now, one of the things that doesn't enter the news locally here that's pretty interesting, and I'll just give you, a, we're, not, we're researching this story. We're not ready to present it fully. But um, bear in mind, uh, we're talking about political races. And one of the political uh, uh, races that we're talking, we've always watched, is anything Rodney Long has anything to do with. Rodney Long has got his start in politics, oddly enough, through single-member districts in the city of Gainesville. Had it not been for single-member districts, he wouldn't have been elected. And yet, you know, now you hear all this hue and cry against single-member districts. Single member districts is what guaranteed there would be a quote unquote black representative. And this is why the blacks talk out of both sides of their mouths. They want a district that's all black, but then they want to also be integrated. So I don't know how you reconcile that, except to say that in terms of political models, the white folks have always maintained a black district. DeSantis has upset the apple cart on this at the state. Because he said, I ain't going to do that. You know, people are people. And we're going to distribute the vote, vote fairly. We're not going to distribute it by race. Well, you, you've seen the, the blowback on that. But Rodney, you know, here's what is not said in these articles, okay? Rodney has a son named Stephen Yonder Long. You, I think you've heard us report on Stephen Yonder Long. He, I think he is the one, he you know, has several sons. He's the one that was wearing the pants uh, and had the drugs in them. Uh, uh, let's say allegedly for all this, so we don't, you know. But we we know what we're talking about here, and that that was stopped, and then um, was charged with you know having this, these drugs. And he's his his famous rebuttal was, "Well, I'm wearing these pants, but these are not my pants." We've always laughed about that. We've always thought that was a hilarious kind of uh, conversation um, that. 
I thought, you know, kind of creative, I guess. I mean, I don't know whether it legally works, but hey, you know, okay, so these pants pockets have drugs in them, but, um, and I'm wearing the pants, but they're not my pants, which means to say, and he's kind of clever on this because prove that I knew what was in the pocket of these pants. See, because I think the law says, or used to say, no, you have, you have knowledge, you have possession and knowledge of that which you possess. There's two components where we, once upon a time, I haven't looked at the law lately, but um, obviously he must have known that, that, okay, you can prove I've got the pants on, but did you ever see me look in the pants pockets? I mean, this kind of stuff, you know, people think, criminals especially think of this. They know the, they know the details better than the liars do. So he's got a, he's got a son that's been in and out of the, you know, the, the annals of the law. And, uh, Right now, according to, the, uh, to uh, the data research, data research, public research, uh, Stephen Yenderlong has seven child support cases. Are you ready for this? Let's see who's watching here. Uh, um, Grady Schumann is saying a voice is out of sync. And I don't think that's, that's not the case, Grady. Um, thank you for looking, uh, saying that, but we're, production says that's not the case. Um, let me just look and see what else we got here. Okay, uh, at any rate, um, uh, Stephen Yender Long, and by the way, you could call in and talk to us about it if you would, sir, and give us a question. Um, Stephen Yender Long has seven support cases with seven different women. Did you hear me? Stephen Yender Long has seven child support cases pending, as we understand it, and I'm getting this from our sources. Um, Allegedly, let's put it that way, with seven different women. But meanwhile, Stephen Yender Long has contributed four figures of money to Rodney Long's uh, campaign. And it took four figures for him to get out of the jug here recently on these child support payments. Now, is that something that if you're going to go ahead, go through the races and you're going to go through the people, and you're going to come uh, suggest that uh, uh, political operatives are uh, somehow sinister. Are you going to are you going to bring up this stuff too? Generally, they won't, and you need to know it. You need to know it. I think. Well, if if it's important to know that there's all sorts of um, systems that support candidates. And you choose one side and only talk about one side. You see what's imbalanced about, about Kaplan's article is he goes into extensive discussion about Boehner and his data processing. He doesn't say a single peep about any other candidates. And they got him too, believe me. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I'll tell you why he did it. He did it to cast aspersions, a shadow, a cloud, if you will, over any Republican candidate in any of the races, particularly the school board races. I mean, there's no, there's no other reason why you could do it. <clears throat> why would you, why would you do it? And not, not see, it's a, the reason we teach comparison as a rhetorical strategy is there's unfair comparison and there's fair comparison. And what you do in unfair comparison, this is a very simple rhetorical strategy. You bring up something about one item, but you don't bring up about the other. So let's say we compare grocery store A to grocery store B. And we bring up all this stuff about grocery store A's produce and draw a conclusion about its quality as a store. And then we bring up all this information about grocery store B, but never talk about the produce. Well, you can't compare A to B without comparing the same item or you have an unfair comparison. Well, so you can't compare Democrat candidates to Republican candidates and bring up political operatives about Republican candidates and never bring them up about Democrat candidates. You would think, except this is Gainesville. You think there's smart people, but I don't know. 
Why is it done this way? Why is it presented this way in the Gainesville Sunset? Because of the community that consumes information. And the Gainesville Sunset is on the ropes. I mean, it's trying best to hang on. I mean, they had to go out of print as a hard copy paper. They're hanging on as a digital paper. You tell me. So there are biases in the reporting about the biases. So who is the custodian of truth? We're going to take a break right now on the Word Scott Files. Maybe one of you will give me your opinion about that when we get back. Uh, stay tuned. We'll take a break for our sponsors. Thank you. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, on-the-spot dry cleaners, r and construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files, and remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Uh, warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help. Once again, I've said it and I've said it on the record and I'll say it on the record and, and I've said it on the record and I'll say it on the record and keep saying it on the record and I've said it on the record and I'll say it on the record and, and I've said it on the record and I'll say it on the record and keep saying it on the record. All right. Welcome back to what Scott Files in the Manly Warthog Command Center here in the Melbourne Law Studio. Melbourne Law with 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators Melbourne Law. They won't back down. By golly, let me tell you, did you just hear Stacey Abrams say, for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record? I tell you, I love that, for the record, for the record, for the record. Uh, they only put on the record what they want to put on the record. Sometimes they screw up and put things on the record they didn't mean to put on the record. And then they try to say they misspoke or they missed this, that, one, another. Uh, sometimes there's an open, open mic screw up. Um, Once Uncle again, Joe I've said it and I've said it on the record. do that quite a bit. Uh, there's, of course, the famous one, Obama to Putin. Uh, imagine that. Imagine Obama saying to Putin, hey, wait till I'm elected. Then you and I'll be able to work some more, cook some more deals up. Um, right. You know, and the guy gets away. Obama just gets got away with everything. He just had it. It was like he was had found his own personal inoculation against COVID. Um, no, nobody else had. And, and he's still inoculated. He can still say. Uh, you know, and he claims he's the minister of truth. He claims that he is going to be on the, the side of truth and criticizes whatever the Republican operatives, so to speak, do. And he's got more operatives than they ever had. Um, on, you know, as we look around for who does have the ministry of truth, if you will, or is the custodian of truth, if you will, the ministry of truth is Biden's uh, term, I guess. Uh, we've been taking a look at the states and interesting things that have happened at the state level. Uh, the top elections official, Laurel Lee, has resigned. Now, we think that's significant. And by we, I mean our basic staff of two, 
uh, me and the data investigator, and of course, production helps. And, um, and you know, that's about it. We're, you're looking at the, uh, the three-man band here that puts this thing together every day and gets up day in and day out and comes in there before you and has something that you evidently value listening to. So uh, for the record, um, uh, Laurel Lee has resigned. Uh, and the word is, of course, now she would have been the head of um, this election uh, committee uh, that has uh, investigative powers that DeSantis has created. And the word is, and we don't know this for sure, so just take this uh, with the proverbial grain of salt, is that the replacement could be, let's put it that way, Lawrence Keefe. That's been bannered around. And he was the top state prosecutor. Okay? The top state prosecutor. And uh, he's, uh, until Biden removed him, federal prosecutor. Uh, Biden removed him. And um, I, I think that probably, maybe, uh, we're going to have him back heading up uh, investigative powers, investigative organization. Uh, we got an in incoming sideline call. Let me see if we can get that. Uh, 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 you have to call back. Let me indicate uh, the callback number to the sideline caller. Uh, uh, if you will, please take time out with me for a minute. Um, I'm still here. All right, I sent a message back to that caller and uh, we'll see how that works out. Back, back with you now uh, on uh, live mic here. So we're, we're thinking we're going to have a, um, a um, new guy come in here who's going to have a little more wallop perhaps than we've ever had before on looking for the truth. So that's at the state level. Now, I wanted to take a, a look at something with you that I'm just discovering. And, and that is um, um, there is something called Storyful. And Storyful I've been looking at is, a, is at storyful.com. You might want to take a look at it. Is an organization that is beginning to feature investigative reports by investigative reporters in a way that uh, gives you an analysis that is free from the censorship of um, the big guns that censor all the time, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitter. So I've taken a look at it, and I want to take it uh, and run it by you just in terms of COVID and see what you think of that. Um, the uh, COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine was probably one of the most controversial things we've experienced in the last couple of years. And um, we, we um, always were trying to get the truth about it, depending upon, and it was politicized, and depending upon really, uh, you had one end of the continuum where everybody who was so frightened of it thought maybe a three-headed uh, baby was going to grow out of their arm where the shot was injected, and the other people on the other end of the continuum who got the shot and the boosters and wore a mask and didn't go out and the whole bit. So it's a whole continuum. So it was always very difficult to get to truth. And I asked a couple of medical doctors whom I respect quite a bit, and they said, really, nobody knows the truth. And so you have to sort of pick where you want to be on the continuum. But in storyful.com, I ran across an investigative report that I want to run by you and see if it makes any resonance with you. Um, there have been, as uh, this article begins, subversive narratives um, that have preyed on the fears of the unknown uh, for vaccine skepticism and long-standing distrust in big pharma that came out of this public health issue. We all know that. These narratives uh, clouded the truth about the public health uh, 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 industry, clouded the truth about uh, uh, what really was the um, real misinformation and what was the accurate information. And, you know, like 
everybody else, I kept looking at it and studying it and trying to figure out where it was in this whole continuum of, of, um, of things. And um, I'm going to just run this by you and see if it makes sense to you. Uh, Storyful, storyful.com has mapped the most pervasive threads of conversation online and uh, come up with uh, a new you know, analysis of what the narratives were about COVID-19. And uh, there were three narratives that seemed to be in competition with each other. Okay, let's take that call. Okay. Okay. Hello, Ray. Hey, good morning, Ward. Um, have you ever heard of anything more Orwellian than the Ministry of Truth? Just the name of it comes right out of Orwell's novel, which I think was written in I don't know, 1946, about a time far off uh, 1984, which of course is now almost 40 years ago. <laughs> it, it should be called the Ministry of Disinformation. Because this uh, woman, I get, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ward. No, I was just going to say, Ray, that when I was in college, I thought 1984 would never come. <laughs> I know. We, yeah, we, we read the book. That was, uh... <laughs> we read the book, and I said, "Oh my God, 1984! The actual, literal 1984 will never come." Well, as you just pointed out, no, yeah, it, forty years ago, it's, it's light years away. Yeah, yeah. Well, when somebody says to me, "Think back thirty years," I go to 1970. What is that? It was 1992. But, <laughs> yeah, that's just a part of getting older. Yeah, but here's the thing: this uh, woman that he's having head up the Ministry of Truth. Uh, just like Obama with the czars, these names are uh, just unbelievable. Uh, they sound like communism to me, but, uh, and of course, in the case of Ministry of Truth, what, what could be more communistic? But remember, this is Nina Jankowicz, who constantly um, blew the horn of uh, Trump collusion with Russia, wouldn't let it go even when we knew it was a hoax, even when everything came out about the FBI and the Steele dossier, and everybody uh, with an ounce of sense, a modicum of intelligence, knew that this was a setup. Uh, also, uh, right, including the president, she has denied that the Hunter Biden laptop uh, is really uh, truthful. They said it was uh, uh, again, Russian disinformation, when in fact it's been documented and proven that Hunter left the laptops, three of them, in a Delaware computer shop. Uh, he was so, you know, probably stoned out of his mind. The guy said he was reeking from alcohol, never came to pick them up, and the contents have been authenticated uh, uh, by uh, the FBI as well as. Uh, woman who wrote the book Laptop from Hell, Miranda Devine. And of course, if what she wrote wasn't true, uh, she'd be sued by now and the book would be pulled. I've read the book. So it's unbelievable, the corruption and fraud. But anyway, uh, getting beep. back to the ministry. <laughs> I had to beep it. Go ahead. The ministry, of, the ministry of Truth. <laughs> uh, this woman is openly gay, which is, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, in my opinion. Unless her being openly gay has her to have biases uh, against certain people, especially uh, Republicans, who some are uh, openly anti-gay. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't think anybody should be anti-gay. But that's not the point. This woman is not the person to head up this office. It's almost like uh, Biden and his team, or I should say Valerie Jarrett and Obama and their team, are spitting in the face of common sense and reason. I think, Ray, they really don't think that we know the difference or care to believe. I think they've done some data research. I'm beginning to believe, Ray, that everything is driven by data research. And if that's the case, and if we report locally about how much a data analyst is important to a school board race, imagine the tools that the national guys have at their fingertips. And I don't think any of these decisions are done whimsically. I think they've probably studied this woman. They, they figured out how many votes that she would drag along with her. 
They figured out that the ones that they would alienate, they wouldn't get anyway. And, and uh, so therefore, they're going to strengthen those. You see, they go for a very small group of undecided. That's the real group. Uh, you're not going to change anybody who says, well, obviously, this is hypocritical, like you're saying. They don't care what your opinion is. They already know about you. They know about you from your habits, from uh, where you eat, where you hobbies, uh, whether or not you own a motorcycle, all this stuff. They, I'm, I'm sure I'm just postulating this. They know. So they discount you. Really, the conversation we're having right now, they could care less about. And they're not going to worry about getting the rabid shutdown thinkers that already are willing to believe anything he says. They're going for that group of people who are really looking. I think the most important word of all here is truth. Now, they've corrupted, of course, with ministry up. But you have special knowledge. I've been listening to you talk. First of all, you've read. First of all, you think. First of all, you lived a while. That's not the group they're going for, Ray. That's my reply. I think it's a very interesting conversation we're having. But having been in this political game, I tell guys who come to me and want to run for office, you don't dare run until you do some research on who you think you, you think you know who you are and your friends think they know who you are, but that doesn't count. You've already got their vote if they vote. A lot of them don't even vote. So go find out who the guys are you don't like, who don't like you, so to speak, and see if you can change them. How many of them are there? And you got to do that with professional well. Levels. We know one or two that are very bright, intelligent, articulate men uh, who honestly believe that uh, Joe Biden is an honest man and that what Hunter did has nothing to do with him. That is, if Hunter did anything wrong. After all, there's nothing wrong with making money. Uh, uh, it's un unbelievable. Yeah, you're right, Ward. You're right. Uh, you see the cup I've got here today, Ray? It says Mr. Right. I'm sure you've seen that before, but... And, you know, I mean, by right, I mean, this is what I've concluded, Ray, from a lots of experience. Uh, just it came my way. But, you know, if you, if you have experience and you have critical thinking skills and you, you look at the experience and you look at it kind of curious, with curiosity, um, a lot of people just have experience and they just blandly gloss over it. But there are people who actually get interested in the details of something. And this pattern I've seen over and over. It's just it. it, it and, you know, what? Romney, they got Romney on this. Do you remember that conversation, Ray, when they infiltrated his, yeah. little, his little group to his talk to his people? He said the truth. He said, don't worry about this percentage of people who are not going to vote for us anyway. He was saying the truth. But the press turned that into something against him and said, oh, my God, he doesn't care about 47 percent of the people, whatever the thing, the thing was, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, unlike know. Hillary, who, yeah. 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 Unlike Hillary, who hates the deplorables. Right. But, yeah. you know, what, what's really also scary, Ward, is a lot of people are telling me, oh, it's not Biden's fault about uh, the higher energy prices. It's just the free market. Well, duh, the free market, prices go up when items are scarce. And when too much money is chasing too few goods, that's called inflation. And when the Treasury is printing billions upon trillions now of fiat dollars, dollars not backed by anything but the so-called full faith and credit of the U.S. government, no commodity, no gold, no silver, no nothing, they print or actually electronically manufacture money by selling Treasury bonds to either foreign entities or back to the same entity that is selling them. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. When you say people could uh, in China could just call them the dead and own us, um, there's a lot of truth to that. More, you know, I ran across something today that you know you have to really sort of be looking for all you know, like I do for whatever reasons, I guess to get it, pass it along to you all. There is a shortage now of iodine dye that is used in myelograms for surgery. All right. This shortage is in coming from China. China manufactures this stuff. And China is in this COVID lockdown. And they shut down the manufacturing of this dye, which is absolutely essential for so many critical operations in the medical system.
And it turns out there's only one other place that makes this dye that I understood it from this reportage, and that's Ireland. And so they've gone to Ireland, the hospital world, and said, jack it up, we got to have it. That's how precarious all this is. That's how interlocked all this is. And it happens to be, as you've mentioned, you're smart enough to pick this up. We are, in the, the Bidens and these people are in cahoots with the people the public thinks are our enemy, are actually their financial allies. Absolutely. And, and, and that, that's, you know, that's probably the definition of evil. I, I don't know what else to call it. Uh, evil is putting yourself, I think, your interests above the interests of others uh, in a way that it harms the others by you putting your interests first. Um, for example, I'll give you an example of that, Ray. The classic DUI driver. I think the DUI driver should be thrown under the jug because when that person's out there on that road driving the wrong way down the interstate or hitting your mother or your wife or your daughter or whatever, and he doesn't or she doesn't know where they, they don't know where they are. That is the height of evil, isn't it? By my definition, you don't have to agree, but putting your interests way ahead of everybody else's. Um, that, that's worse. Well, you know, it's. A, Go ahead. It's, a, it's amazing how they went after Trump. And, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily a big fan. I don't know that I want the Donald to come back because he's such a lightning rod. But the bottom line is there was no Russian collusion. I mean, it's hilarious. And, uh, and well, there it's was the biggest no hoax. Ray, it, Ray, it's just been called in the Wall Street Journal today by one of their editorial writers, the biggest political trick in recent memory. They call it a political well, trick. Well, yeah. The Nothing has ever been like in my opinion. Huh? Is trying to hide Biden's obvious connections, possible collusion with these foreign governments. Uh, when he had Poroshenko uh, fire the uh, prosecutor, his name escapes me, it wasn't because the prosecutor was corrupt. It was because the prosecutor was investing, investigating Burisma and his son. And, uh, of course, he's the one, Biden and his family are the ones that received millions from Russian oligarchs. Um, Obama was the one who on uh, the open mic was caught talking about uh, he'll have more flexibility after the election with Vlad. Not that any of that is bad. It's too bad we can't get good relations with Russia. But you'll notice Russia didn't try any of this Ukraine uh, invasion uh, during Trump's uh, presidency because they were afraid of Trump, right or wrong. They knew the guy uh, would back up what he said. Nobody's afraid of Biden. I think they think he's a moron. And I think that the Democratic powers that be didn't realize just how bad or weak Biden really was going to be. And part of that is uh, his unfortunate senility. I mean, in his day, he never did anything useful, but at least he was forceful, aggressive, and uh, he knew how to play the game. Now he's not sure which way to turn when he gets off the uh, uh, Air Force One or the helicopter, the Marine One helicopter. The guy is really in bad shape. It's, it's very scary that he's supposedly our leader. Yes, and for a number of reasons it is, as you know. Um, and we don't have a lot of backup uh, uh, on the bench either to come in and take a, uh, take a swing at the, at the, at the, at the plate. It's, it's even that person's got a lower batting average, if you will, use my analogy here, than the guy that uh, is striking out. So, you know, the, everybody's pinning their hopes on the fall of 2022 and you know if it if we don't get a change in fall of 2022 to bring more common sense back into i'm not even going to put it in partisan terms i'm just going to put it back in, in into common sense and today's same truthfulness uh we we really i think it's probably you know very very dangerous well by then ray you you know so well finances and you know so well uh, 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 food stamp beep because that was your job. You you went out. You 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 have a cynical eye about things. A healthy cynical eye. Um, I don't I don't see us. Talk to me a minute about whether you think we we can recover from the high gas prices, 
food scarcity on the shelves. Uh, the uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but you know, sandwiches, for example, at the delicatessen going up uh, by four dollars. Are you with me? You yeah, know? yeah. McDonald's is nine dollars for a happy meal of coke and a fry. It's uh, yeah. Uh, I think what's eventually going to happen is um, I won't mention the restaurants, but some of my favorite restaurants, including one we eat at quite often uh, at lunchtime, they have raised their price on all their dinner items two bucks. Every time I see a brand new shiny plastic menu, I cringe. Because I, I I know what to expect, and it's not a lower price. Uh, I'm amazed that a Coca Cola is now three dollars to three dollars and fifty cents at most restaurants. Um, now I know prices have gone up, but that to me is a little bit of gouging. Price at the grocery store of Coke hasn't gone up that much. But nevertheless, uh, my point was eventually uh, a lot of people aren't going to be able to eat out; they're just going to stop. Uh, food prices at the grocery store are high, but not quite like the restaurants. And I don't think you're going to see gas go down anytime soon, uh, if ever. Four or five dollars may be the new norm. I well, mean, we're heading into. Also, there's this whole yeah. notion that we're going to be saved by electric cars. And out here in Lachua, we yeah. just put in 10 or 12 charging stations. That takes fossil fuel. To create electricity. Yes, absolutely. I mean, come on. I mean, there's, you know, where is the truth? Today's story is where is the truth? How do you get to an agency or an institution or a show somewhere that you trust that, uh, and this, believe me, this whole thing in the Word Scott Files is based entirely on trust. Uh, people come back to listen to you if you do what I'm doing because they trust you. And uh, if, if, you, if you start uh, trying to, be, I'm not going to have a political uh, side, except that the evidence makes me believe one group is better, more truthful, or more qualified than the other. I'll, I'll leave it open. I mean, well, if the Democrats come forth with a good plan and they come forth with a good behavior, well, of course you examine it. But I haven't seen any evidence of it since Obama. Well, a big thing is the Democrats are the party of uh, unlaw and disorder. I mean, uh, our vice president encouraged the riots over the summer of 2020. If you remember, she said they are going to continue and they should continue. So she was bolstering these people, uh, fortifying uh, their premise that they had a right to destroy and tear things down uh, for alleged past grievances. Um, the Democrats have... Uh, put targets on our brave law enforcement officers. Are there a few bad apples? Sure there are. There are bad apples everywhere, but for the most part, uh, everybody I knew in law enforcement is, is a good person. Um, also, if you think about it, the spending from both parties with these crazy wars that have accomplished absolutely nothing. We were in Afghanistan 20 years. <laughs> the terrorists that we're fighting now weren't even born when the World Trade Center uh, was fallen. Um, we've created we've created new generations of terrorists, in my opinion, with all these wars. Uh, but forgetting that, the spending is totally out of control, and the reasoning is out of control. Uh, what they are doing, in my opinion, is buying votes. Everything from the alleged student loan programs uh, to increased uh, open open borders. Open borders, the big yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, why do you think they're letting in 2 million illegals in 2020 when Trump had that number down? Uh, I mean, we don't have an immigration system anymore. One of our friends from the valet ward, I think you know this, his mother had been trying for five years to come here legally, you know, through uh, whatever the system is, the embassy or however you do it. And finally, she got so frustrated, she wanted to see her granddaughter that she actually crossed the Rio Grande with uh, a coyote with smugglers. I mean, really? this woman could have been killed. Yeah, yeah. Really? I'll tell you who it is off air. Okay. Yeah, that's a true story. Well, sir, so thank for you for years, calling in. She's thank, been trying. Thank you for calling around. Enjoy the conversation. Uh, okay, I'll a lot see you from, later, uh, brother. I learned a lot from you. 
And I learned a lot from all the potential people who might be waiting out there to call in someday. Uh, we're going to continue with. Well, we love the show. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, Rick. Uh, we're going to have to run along now because we've reached the end of our hour, and we hope you uh, have enjoyed listening to us chat about issues that perhaps are bothering you as well. And you're welcome to call in when we have the open line. Uh, so far, we've limited it to Friday. We may expand it if we get more demand. Thanks, production, for being there on the other end, helping us out. And we'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Warthog Command Center out.